right. Well, glad that you're here this morning. Uh, thanks for being with us online, in person, whichever way you're tracking with us today. Um, coming off of a week where I had an unfortunate mishap with a Brita water filter. Uh, yes, at an Airbnb. Uh, I am well, and so is the Airbnb. You need not worry about uh, whether or not deposits or cleaning fees were amplified. But what I did do uh, was, was misjudge the, the, the Brita water filter technique with this particular uh, moment. You see, I was loading in the groceries, and I decided to effectively multitask, which, you know, I think you who would do that uh, know that you can get yourself into some scraps that way. Um, you know, decided I was going to fill up that Brita water filter because it's well water in southeastern Ohio where dreams come true. And, and like, so, so filling up the, the Brita, I decided to put away groceries and do some other things and not really realizing that the Brita water filter, which is supposed to be filtering the water, was in fact not filtering the water. And so, like, and we had, like, kind of a, you know, like a, 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 you know, a little little mess there on the countertop that made its way to the floor. You know, none of us were harmed in the end. But, but it's, a, it's a metaphor, I actually think, that may describe how you may feel today. It, it may be that it's very possible, in fact, that just the deluge of things happening around you in the world, in the city, in your family, as you're prepping for Thanksgiving, uh, whatever it is, you know, the work responsibilities, it's just, it's just coming at a faster volume that you can process. This feels that way today. So maybe you come into this room, you're just feeling a little heavy, you're feeling a little overwhelmed, you're feeling a little just unable to like know, like I don't know one more thing to care about in the world. I don't know if I have the capacity to find out about one more tragic thing happening or one more heavy thing happening. Uh, but then what's also maybe true for you, uh, which is kind of what we talked about last, the last four weeks with Jonah, is that your ability to effectively filter that or your inability to effectively filter those things are paying some consequences. They're, 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 they may be doing something to the people around you, one passive-aggressive comment at a time. But they may also be doing something just in your own spirit, one that you can even detect. I mean, I just am, am carrying uh, an, an angst about me that I'm just seeing come out in interactions with neighbors or interactions with kids or driving north on 83 where, where just, you know, everyone else is, 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 a, is a terrible driver and I'm the only one that gets it. I, I don't know what it is for you. But what we've tried to do in the past month is in looking at this character, Jonah, who, who does have this amazing thing God does through him, also take a minute to pay attention to the things that were happening in him in the course of that story. And then, and then just flipping the pages of the scriptures over to the book of Micah, uh, which is a more traditional minor prophet in the Bible in terms of its literary format, Pay attention to, if you did come in today and you, that little Brita water filter anecdote feels or resembles where you might be, how do we begin to like process or deal with that? And so this beautiful text buried in the book of Micah um, speaks to a larger thing the book of Micah actually wants to present, which is, hey, there is a heaviness, there are things happening in the world, but God is working God is moving, God is providing, God is rescuing, God is bringing justice forth, but what do you do in the meantime? 
What do you do when you're the one picking up carpool and you're just harried and feeling a little bit overwhelmed by it all? Or when you're the person that like everyone's turning to and what's the plan for Thanksgiving? Or you're like trying to solve hundreds of years of like generational neglect as in the context of a city. Or, or have a hot take about geopolitical conflict that, you're not, that you've read about but you're not really sure about. So we're going to look at the book of Micah, chapter 6, verse 8, but we're going to do that over the course of three weeks and take these themes of justice and humility and mercy and, and, and try to treat them almost like that three-legged stool that would work together. You know, like, because, because if we pursue justice without having a spirit of mercy or humility, uh, we're not exactly going to be a very pleasant people to be around. But if, our, if we're just people that are, are merciful, but we don't actually think through the picture of justice, then we may not embody the love of Jesus, who, who is the embodiment of grace and truth. So let's take a look at Micah chapter 6, verse 8, one more time, and then we'll unpack this idea of justice together in our few minutes together this morning. Micah chapter 6, verse 8 says this, He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. What does the Lord require of you? To act justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. It's a beautiful verse. It's worthy of your coffee cup or your inspirational Instagram canvas. But it's also much more beautiful than that because it actually speaks to that stupid little anecdote I let off with, right? How to process the heaviness of the deluge of things that you're doing and how to filter well the deluge of those things through the lens of the love of God. Let's, let's think together well of what it means to act justly. Let's begin with the idea that this idea of justice is, is actually pretty ripe in the scriptures. I think it's important that you know that, that this idea of acting justly is not just appearing one time in one verse buried in the middle of the Bible. That from the beginning of the Bible to the conclusion of the Bible, the theme of there is a just and orderly world that has been fractured by sin and rebellion and exploitation. And God has not been silent on that. God is working to bring the restoration of all things. That, that, like, that's a movement of the scriptures. So we don't have just this peripheral idea like, like you know, I grew up in the 90s where when I started going to church, there was kind of a, a phrase and a movement of like, what would Jesus do? Right? Remember that, and there were bracelets that went along with it. Like, I wore a what would Jesus do bracelet, and I remember one time going, like, I was having an ethical dilemma that I was like, I don't know that Jesus ever had to, like, think about what kind of movie to go see. What do I do with that? Silly anecdote. But still, I, I think it's important for us to consider that justice is not just a Micah 6-8 conversation. It's a whole Bible conversation that, that and really if we're going to just and maybe just like I want to bring to the conclusion um, in Revelation chapter tw uh, 21 verses 2 through 4 I'll read it in just a minute but I, I'll define it this way justice is I like Chris Mormon's definition of this justice is God light, rightly ordering all things right if you take what was set up by God and in infinite justice and character then what is fractured by mankind Take the idea of Genesis 3.15 that God is making war on that. That God is trying to rescue that which has been fractured. 
using, using people like you, you know, bringing the Messiah to, to bring all of these things to bear. So I look at Revelation chapter 21, verses 2 through 4, where it says, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed from God beautifully dressed for her husband and i heard a loud voice from the throne saying look god's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them they will be his people and god himself will be with them and be their god he will wipe every tear from their eyes there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away and you can very plainly look at that verse and say to yourself what i might say not today (laughs) not today Because I got all kinds of things I want to weep about. Some of them are pretty inane and silly. But some of them are pretty, pretty reflective of a world that is, that where the arc of justice, as Martin Luther King said, is moving quite slowly. Like it's moving, but it's not moving at the brand of efficiency with which I might like it to. If you look at the Old Testament, there's, there's two words that are used almost 200 times to define justice. There's, there's a word, Sadiq, which is really kind of the right ordering of things. So justice meaning like this is the right ordering of how we're going to do things. Right? If you're hosting a Thanksgiving meal and you want to do it like real formal, like what's the structure for how it's supposed to go? We pass the potatoes to the left. You know, we, we make sure the salad fork is in the proper place. Everyone has a half pour of water, not three quarters of a pour. Whatever you would do. Right? It speaks to the idea of right ordering. Sadiq says, this is how God, who is the embodiment of justice, who is without limits, who is in the character of justice, the definition of justice, this is how God would rightly order things. That's Sadiq. But Mishpat acknowledges a reality, which is the word that's actually used here in Micah 6, 8, that it's not always going that way. And when it doesn't always go that way, what is the role of a person who cares about God's picture of justice? The word mishpat points to retributive justice, like, hey, you did this to me, so this is what we got to do to make that right, to, to the king or the point of accountability, hey, the wrongdoer, but also to the one who's been wronged. 